It's time for What the Deal with Sports, the podcast with Matt and Theo. Uh, okay, so welcome to the first ever episode of uh, What's the Deal with Sports, the podcast. Uh, I'm Matt, this is Theo, and today uh, I guess we're going to talk about uniforms. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of different stuff about uniforms, we if are. we can. We're going to drink our wine <laughs> and um, try to see how this goes. And, and yeah, there's a lot we can talk about. We're both, I think, really interested in the question of design in sports, I suppose. Yeah, design, reception, uh, you know, what... Because I think, like, uniforms have an interesting place. I mean, I think back... I mean, I think for one thing, you kind of have a nostalgia about uniforms, mm-hmm. right? For me, especially, if I think back... I can remember, like, the first ever hockey jersey I ever got, which... What I mean, was the first jersey you ever got? I think, I think it was a Gretzky jersey. Mm-hmm. And I can remember... Uh, like, I wore it to school that day, and I remember a kid behind me was like, oh, they spelled Gretzky wrong. They they hadn't, but I freaked the out. The kid couldn't right? spell. Because, yeah, that's right. That was probably he couldn't spell. Yeah, I went to school with a lot of idiots. So was it that was an Oilers jersey? Obviously, no. This was a Kings jersey. It took me a long. Oh, okay. So yeah. this would have been I don't know what year that was. I was in like grade seven or grade six, maybe. Right. And uh, with I got with it the Kings, Christmas. With I like, I remember watching. Uh, um, Ice Cube's documentary. Yeah, they about. changed it, right? They went to silver and black. Right, and there was a whole there was a there was there was a period of time where black and silver was just everyone was doing. Well, that. it's kind of interesting because before, so yeah, silver and black, which is, and I just watched that Ice Ice Cube it's documentary. Yeah, it is right. What was interesting about that one was um, when NWA started doing their videos, they, the guy was like. Uh, they didn't want to wear like jumpsuits like other rappers were doing, mm-hmm. so they were like, oh, "I just wear black." And then they just happened to wear like Raiders caps. Mm-hmm. So then Raiders gears kind of became mm-hmm. uh, imbricated with that NWA mm-hmm. logo. And then when the Kings kind of were doing their new image thing, the funny thing is right. the old Kings jerseys what uniform a, colors were like what purple and a, and a gold. Well, I mean they were Lakers colors. Yeah, that's right? right. Which are Lakers colors, and I wonder if that also goes back to Minnesota. Well, Vikings too. Yeah, yeah. because the Lakers used to be in Minnesota. Hence yeah. the name Lakers, yep. right? I mean that doesn't make it's not sense. Not too much uh, in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. So that was mine, and then yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I that's all. That's the only time I followed hockey too. I don't even follow right. hockey anymore. The first jersey I ever, I, th- I think, the first jersey I certainly ever bought was. Uh, and Auckland Warriors rugby league jersey for the, their first year when they got formed and entered the the Australian uh, I think at the time it would have been the New South Wales Rugby League, which is now the NRL. And it was yeah, it was sweet. It was blue and green and white and had all these cool colours on it. And it was I think it was one of the first times I had any money uh, from pocket money or something. Oh, did you buy it yourself? Yeah, it was like a hundred dollars. It was a big purchase. Wow. I, st- I don't have it, I don't know what happened to it. Um, but that was my first jersey. Um, so I suppose the question is, would, would it have made a difference for you if that first Gretzky jersey had sponsorship on the front? Right, right. So like with the NHL is going... I assume it wouldn't have mattered. I mean... As a kid, as a kid, I don't think you really discern... Like, I mean, if it shows up all of a sudden, you might be like, what? But mm. if it had always, like, it was always like the Kings brought to you by Chevrolet. Mm. Um, you probably yeah. wouldn't have minded. Right, right. Um, because one of the things that's prompted us to to do this first podcast is the question of the possible emergence of 
sponsorship yeah. on hockey. Sounds, sounds like it's like sounds like it will. Sounds happen. like it's coming. Do, do you have any sense of the time frame? What, was there a mention of like is it, it's not next year or like it's coming though? Yeah, I, I don't know for sure uh, because I don't follow hockey super right. closely. But it sounds like it's definitely coming, and it sounds like it's not a matter of if but when. Uh, hockey is obviously, if you think of the major four sports in uh, North America, mm. hockey's probably the least profitable. Is that right. that's fair to say? I would say. Probably um, goes like football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. Hockey? I would, yeah, I would definitely think so. In fact, it's, there's probably other sports that make more money beyond those four, you know, than hockey. In, in North America? Yeah. I, um... Good old like WNBA reckoning. I don't know. <laughs> the, like, uh, probably well, college sports. I mean, oh yeah, well the NCAA. Right? But I mean, well, and that's another interesting thing to think about in general, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, if you go, so if I buy uh, Wayne Gretzky's jersey when he's with the Kings, at least he's getting a salary. But if you buy, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you you go out and you buy Todd Gurley's jersey or whatever, the guy who got suspended for signing autographs. Who maybe just tore his ACL? Actually. He gets nothing. He gets that. zero, right? In fact, he gets a suspension for trying to profit off his name. So that, that's kind of interesting if we think about, like, so right, advertising on jerseys, uh, in this kind of like space of whether or not it matters. Well, even sometimes it's advertisement for the player that definitely, yeah. in the sense that like you're you're invested in them, but sometimes they don't they don't receive anything of it. So I I, I mean I suppose the large question we're thinking about here is is, is what what do we think about? Sponsorship coming potentially onto, and I would think other leagues have considered it and would consider it. Um, right? Uh, is is this is this not? Is it a problem maybe for us? But do you think fans are going to have a problem with it? And and why would they have a problem with it? Well, I mean, it's it, like you have a background. You know, soccer and like in rugby, mm. do they advertise on the mm-hmm. jerseys as well? Right. So they do. Uh, and, and I mean, I, the, the, that that like that's a relatively recent thing because rugby only became professional 20 years ago. So for most of its history, it was a sort of, well, in name really only for much of it, an amateur sport, people got paid under the table to some extent. But but certainly there there was a a long time when there was no sponsorship on, for instance, the All Blacks, New Zealand All Blacks jersey. Um, In the last couple of years, they've finally gone to, uh, I think it's AIG, has their brand on the front of the jersey. Right. Um, I mean, I remember in the 90s there was a small badge of a brewery on the right-hand chest of the jersey. So it's not right. the first time that there's been a sponsorship on the All Blacks jersey, but it's the first time that there's been a, 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 a what I guess you could call a, a jersey sponsor and mm-hmm. a smack in the middle. And certainly that caused a bit of controversy for, I don't know, a week or something. People were people were upset. I don't think it helped that AIG, as a corporation, I don't even know what that stands for. Is it an American Insurance Group or something? They're, they're a bank or whatever, financial services, and they were heavily implicated in the 2008 financial meltdown. So it doesn't help <laughs> that, you know, that now we're pimping um, the devil, right, in a sense. Um and and the other thing with that is I'll say it's pretty it, that died down pretty quickly and I think there's also a, a, a pretty pragmatist pra- pragmatic sense in New Zealand sports fandom about the fact that as a small country with not much money right you know if you want this team to be to continue to be able to continue to pay the best players to keep playing for us 
money's got to come from somewhere. And so you, we get <coughs> like 150 million from Adidas. We get whatever they get from AIG. I don't think it was made public. You you know, there are certain sacrifices. Right. So, I mean, if you want to be... Well, I mean, it's also... I. So even on your national team, you mm-hmm. have to... Because, I mean, it's so... I, I don't really have a context for this. For me, in, like, Canada and the Olympics and things like that... Like, you wouldn't have any... There's nothing on the Canadian jersey. Well, I don't... Not now, but I'm actually wondering about, like, the old... Maybe I'll, I'll Google this right now. But the yeah. old, like, Summit Series jerseys... Was there anything on them? You know, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Good thing I did this research before. <laughs> we're, we're, we're very well prepared for this podcast. Um... But, uh, but I mean, the, the other, just the other thing I'll say about the All Blacks is that an interesting, one of the reasons that maybe that whole idea was... No, it's just a big Canadian flag. So nothing, well, you know, which is its own form of... Sure, right. All right. One, one of the things with the All Blacks, which makes it perhaps unique in some ways, is that, you know, as a team, they're, they're the, the one thing going in New Zealand, you know, there's other teams and other sports, but they're, they're the brand, the national brand. Right. And they have been for you know good good century, and the other thing is that the they're one of the teams I, I guess in global sports who are you know really closely associated with what they wear. You mm-hmm. know that the name itself, depending on which version of the origins of the name you believe, comes from the the thing they wear. All right. blacks. They they are all blacks. So the idea of sort of changing the uniform has never been. You know, there was a lot of worry when Adidas took over, making it that they were going to somehow change it, you know, and introduce other colours. Maybe they haven't done that. But there is this kind of... I, I suppose the idea I'm getting at is that, that there's a sort of sanctity, supposedly, to this jersey. Right, yeah. And I mean, yeah, that that, that makes sense, right? I mean, especially when it's a national team, especially mm-hmm. from... I mean, I know Canada's a small country as well, mm-hmm. so it means mm-hmm. something. I mean, I'm sure... When the World Cup of Rugby happens, or mm. or you know big tournaments that happen, you guys get excited as much like we do. It's very similar, so, yeah. So yeah. that jersey, you know, and they always say that uh, oh, to, it's an honor to wear the jersey Same and rhetoric, wear yeah. the colors and you know representing your nation or whatever. Which is kind of weird if you think about how it's like just a bunch of guys chasing around a puck on some ice. Right? No, it does a certain work in terms of nationalism, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, that's how, like, jerseys brand themselves in different ways, and in the sense, like, you know, you relate to that jersey, or you... I mean, I wrote a piece, actually, on the base football about my Adrian Peterson jersey. You might want to promote the yeah, the blog well, website. Well, it'll go, it'll go on the... Sh- I mean... Is this I, going on the It'll go on the okay, blog, okay. so... so we're if you're here, look at some other articles that we've written. <laughs> yeah, some there aren't many, things. because I think talking is easier than writing, yeah. but... Uh, if there's anything being academic has taught me, so writing is not fun or easy. No, um, but yeah, as I wrote in that, like, I mean, I have an Adrian Peterson jersey, and I used to. Wear you still it. have uh, no. Yeah, it's in this my is the question: What are you going to burn that today uh, on the podcast? What <laughs> <laughs> like a Jay Cutler jersey? Well, no, because I mean, but it's the thing. I think the thing is it for me right now is, uh, if I'm being honest, is. I can't wear it in public. Is what I can't. <laughs> no. Right? Like I, well, no. you, you laugh. I thought you were gonna be like, oh, that's interesting. You're like, no, definitely. Um, no, it's like I can't. Uh, it's in my closet, and it's been there ever since. You know, even in the Peterson. closet, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, maybe if you're an NFL player, probably. <laughs> but uh, 
No, it's in the closet, and I, I don't even wear it. I used to wear it to watch the games. It'd be like, oh, it's good luck, uh, so I'll wear it to watch the games. And now I can't. I don't really do that. The only way I could wear it in public is if I did one of those, like, the popular thing to do now yes. is you, you edit the back of the jersey yes. to say, instead of Peterson, it says, love your son. Pitterest or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess you could do that. <laughs> that would be... But, so, I mean... Much like, like the jersey kind of brands you as much as you buy into the brand of the jersey. So what would it mean if, like, yeah, if you wear an all-black jersey that says AIG on it? Well, to some extent, you're you're selling that brand, yeah. obviously. Um, but does it become, I mean, for the NHL, so yeah, the NHL is historic, and it has this history of jerseys and that go way back, and, uh, you know, part of our heritage, blah, 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 whatever national right. letter you want. I my, my actual thinking on the matter is, if you put... Ads on jerseys in ten years, no one will care. I think that's true. I, I and I think you can look to other sports for examples of that or precedent because sure, there you know there there was there was no advertising on jerseys or, or kits as they're called in English soccer or English you know football proper mm-hmm. until I th- I'm not sure exactly the, the the first time, but it's like it's maybe the seventies. Right. So if you go back to to just before I was born, you know, Manchester United, Liverpool, they're they're wearing uh, clean clean jerseys, right? Uh, and I I would imagine I, I would have to look into this more, but I would imagine there was probably a bit of an uproar, right? Um, when they introduced um, the first jersey sponsor, but it's pretty visible now. I mean, I I, I think, in fact, there's almost um, brands and teams that are like. Synonymous now. I mean, mm-hmm. we were talking just before coming on on air, as it were, about Liverpool and Carlsberg, the beer Danish beer company, who for a long time were you know Carlsberg sponsored their jersey, Liverpool FC's jersey, and they they kind of went together in a way, right? I mean, obviously, kind of beer and sports, it's a nice fit. Um, so you do you do kind of get, I suppose, um, a synergy, I, I guess. So then the advertising isn't really, like, so the advertising isn't really invisible. I mean, like, would you say then if you're in Liverpool and you're a Liverpool fan, are you more likely to drink Carlsberg, or? I would pr- probably, I mean, well, Like, do you I, take I, pride in the, because, I mean, you know, um, part of being a fan, you're a fanatic and you do ridiculous things, like you spend, you know, $100 on a jersey, yeah. for example, uh, but... Like, are you also going to therefore invest in the products that are on? I mean, or do you recognize that? Like, who cares if GMC? Well, I mean, it's an interesting quick Like, and it's different in terms of yeah. Maybe I would drink Carlsberg. I mean, I, I never really did, but may, maybe as if I was a really hardcore fan, I'd, I'd drink Carlsberg. But I'm probably not going to go invest in AIG or like give them my life savings just because they're on the All Blacks jersey. Like, right. It, like, and I suppose the other question is who's being advertised to here. Like who is the consumer of like, the huh. consumer of the sport? I don't know. Is it, maybe we're misrecognizing who? Like who are these? Who are these? These jersey sponsorships aimed at? Um, like maybe there's a larger issue here of who, who is going to these games and who is, you know, where does the money come from? For do you think that kind of market research is done? I mean, so do you think? I mean, I could understand Carlsberg. Going on a jersey that probably doesn't take you a lot of surveys to find out that yes, soccer fans drink a lot of beer, right? And therefore, there's a connection, right? But a bank on the jersey, I mean, banks now the big advertising I think in a league like the NFL is you want the stadium naming rights, right? So that every time it goes on yep. TV, they're like, "Welcome to like Lincoln Financial Field." Yep. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess we're doing a lot of advertising today. Right now. Well. Yeah. Like, we're Thank you to our sponsor, yeah. Lincoln Financial. And Who made this wine? <laughs> I think we're, we, uh, should, we should call them and get some money. Um, <laughs> get some money back. We should be paid to drink this. <laughs> um, it's leftovers. Yeah. I... Right, but who thinks about... So you, you're wondering, like, what? What are the optics of average? Well, I just think, like, yeah, there's some, there's some brands that are obviously... Maybe what we're doing here is, like, not, not realizing who... Like, who's the audience for this, this advertising? Because it's not as simple as just saying, well, they're... Okay, so say a brand gets equated with my team, and then I go mm-hmm. and buy that product. Right. Well, how do I buy AIG products? Like, I, I guess I buy the shirt, but that, that's not quite the same as, like, I'm, I'm not paying for their services. Well, I would imagine, I mean, I'm not in marketing or anything like that, but I imagine it's name recognition to the point where, like, if you're yeah. looking, oh, I want to invest, what banks Who, do I know? Right. Well, I've been watching football, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm not very smart, so I'll do whatever they tell me. I, th- I think one issue that is interesting here, though, is... Um, the idea of visibility, which I guess is what advertising is all about. But but is there also not, and this might be a criticism of, say, putting advertising on jerseys, mm-hmm. are you not then also risking, in a sense, like weirdly devaluing your brand by, quote-unquote, ruining a pristine surface? So so what I, right. where I'm coming from here is the fact that, you know, the FIFA World Cup, which is the biggest sporting event in the world, mm-hmm. biggest the, the biggest corporate, you know, whatever, you know, it's the, the, it's so corporate to the extent that I was watching a documentary the other night where they said that Brazil was forced to actually change some of their laws to accommodate FIFA, uh, particularly around drinking, because I think previously uh, stadiums had banned alcohol. Yeah, I remember that. Right? Budweiser was like, well, FIFA was like, you you are not having the World Cup if we can't sell Budweiser. Right, right. And the FIFA president came out and said that too. He's yeah. like, so they were they folded. And but, it was interesting too because sorry to interrupt no. you, but like the reason they took drinking out was because like there were so many injuries and violence. Yeah. So it's this public safety issue, right? Not that FIFA really cares about that, no. <laughs> but so but the the issue here is like at the same time FIFA. Like, none of the teams that play in the World Cup have any sponsorship on their jerseys. So they're clean. Yeah. So what what is this kind of contradiction between FIFA, on the one hand, being basically a corporate money pit, obviously, mm-hmm. and, but at the same time needing to cultivate the kind of um, aura or um, a sort of innocence or naivety in some ways about the fact that this is this kind of, I don't know, um, traditional... Um, you know, historic event which is about more than money. I think that's what's going on. Yeah, I think you. you I think they walked a tightrope, and yep. uh, they don't do a great job of it. But no, because I mean, even you think um, well, like FIFA. If you think of FIFA, uh, then I, when I think of FIFA as an international sporting, I think of them the same ways I would think of the ILC, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Super corrupt, mm-hmm. all about money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it, I, even when I think about sports leagues, like I, the NFL is obviously a behemoth when it comes to capitalism right. and making money, but I don't think about them as being quite as corrupt as like FIFA. So it's interesting to me. Now, do sports teams that do like teams that play in the World Cup, are they just not allowed to advertise? No, they're not allowed to. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like, so I like, assume. Germany I assume. can't get their cut, right? Like, is that. No, I mean. Uh, I, I, I think um, there does seem to me to be an interesting contradiction there. Um, and maybe that's what's happening in North American sports too, in that, you know, 
these these corporations, these these leagues are corporations, and so the idea that somehow, oh, so putting a sponsorship logo on a jersey that's going to ruin it, right? Right. <laughs> it hasn't been ruined before. It's something that's pure and inviolate. And oh, if you put Chevrolet on a jersey, now it's a problem. Um, I obviously don't think that's the case, but. Um, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this. Well, actually. I know what you mean. I mean, I think that it's, it's an interesting... For one thing, I think it's about... You know, it, it reminds me of in baseball how they changed the rule that you couldn't run into the catcher this year. Right. So they got rid of that rule um, because it was... Catchers were... Some would lose their careers yeah. because they were getting crushed as they caught the ball. You know, and guys are huge now, right? Yeah. Some of these power hitters are like 250 pounds. So... Um, I remember some of the reaction to that was like, oh, there's a purity to the game, right. and we don't want to get rid of that. And I think that connects to jerseys as well. Like, for one thing, I think people, you know, they resist change. Yep. And maybe in this case they have a better point, right? Like, no, we're not saying, oh, but, well, I guess it is kind of pragmatic. Like, NHL, as I was saying before, like, the NHL isn't, it's a big capitalist entity, but it wasn't, why wasn't it from the very start saying, like, yeah, why don't we advertise everywhere we can? I can remember a time where there were no advertising on boards mm, yep. in, in hockey rinks, right? Mm. That was something that they had to add in. So why, why all of a sudden, like, what is it? It must be some sort of, for the league, it must be that jerseys are, well, you know, this is a difficult step to encroach upon fans, that we mark their jerseys with something other than the actual logo. And I think for North American fans, other than, say, like NASCAR, for example, which is all about that kind mm. of ad, mm. it, there's that jerseys mean something different yeah. than perhaps they mean for, like, say, soccer fans. Well, and my, my feeling as someone who, like, began following, I guess, North American sports relatively recently, um, my feeling is, oh, the brownest of the brown. <laughs> The finest uh, double cast material. I tried to be subtle. But... <laughs> a little palate cleanser. Um, my, like, you know, I was watching, I was flicking back a little bit and forth yesterday on television between um, NFL games and there was a CFL semi final uh, between Edmonton and Saskatchewan. Right. And so those jerseys have, depending on the team, like they do have a little sponsorship on them. Rona. Um, Canadian Tire, whatever, right? And I do, I do have to say, my knee-jerk reaction before I start to think critically about this is to is to think that that is the sign of the inferiority of right. the league. Right? Yeah, it's a it's, small, crappy league, right? No which offense, is, which it's is great, also it's great league. <laughs> it, it's also, in a weird way, a sign of its integrity too, in the sense that uh, you know I, I recognize that also from say following sports back home and seeing that you know there's not a lot of money, and so you need to like right. the most ridiculous thing I can think of at the moment is that that the teams will have. Butt sponsors. You, know, it's like you have your front of jersey sponsor, and then like maybe, a smaller maybe, company on your maybe butt. Mark Sanchez, Sanchez should get into this. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so, so there is, you know, as a, I guess, as a fan, like in, in, in a North American context, it seems, to, it does seem on a certain level to cheapen things. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Well, that's interesting. Then, so like, it's not like, oh, this is sacred, but rather you don't want to be associated. Maybe you don't want to admit that hey, the NHL is not. Well, what does it say, for instance, about... Like, I assume that the NHL is talking about this because they are, they need the money, mm-hmm. right? In a well, point. they must... Yeah, I mean, I don't think the NHL... So, so, like, this is the difference between how I would think about the NHL and the NFL, is that when the NFL does things to their uniforms, I'm like, you guys are trying to make money. Just mm-hmm. more money for yourselves, mm-hmm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. When the NHL does this, I'm thinking... 
it's desperate times in the NHL. And I don't really follow hockey closely, so I could be totally wrong, but I really don't, unless, you know, I just don't see it as sort of like, because I think that is a big step. And I think you do risk the chances of alienating some fans by saying like, oh, we're going to put ads on these jerseys. I mean, I think you sell be... fewer jerseys. I think I think maybe that's right. And maybe this changes For, in in the over time. I think like, you know younger people don't care or whatever. Yeah, but but I think I think initially you sell fewer jerseys. I right, that happens. Um, I don't know whether you might know better than I would. I'm, I'm assuming the, the NFL has no plans to do this. No, but I mean, I mean, I think why would they need to? The NFL already does, right? right. I mean, the NFL. Um, I was. Uh, Thinking about breast cancer awareness month, so I mean, that's a that's an ad in itself. If right. you Google NFL breast cancer, the first link that comes up, my God, I hope this is true. Now that I'm saying it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, it's like true. a huge pair. Of yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, right, right. Uh, the first thing that comes up is their shop where you can buy your NFL breast cancer awareness. So cancer gear. itself is <laughs> cancer is right. The... You market, but. But what's interesting too, and like, and, and you've, you've, I read that article in the Washington Post recently, and I'll put it on the show notes, is that um, the profits, right? So you would think all profits related to that, like all the sales of those jerseys, would go directly, but it's like one third. It's like not. So it's so it's, they're still yeah. getting their cut, and it's widely marketed to the point where it's like integrated into the game so much so that when I play Madden football on the PlayStation, for example, can you play in pink? Well, when it's November or whenever October. Right. Uh, edit that out to make me sound correctly but (laughs) whenever it happens yeah your team will have the pink jerseys on or you can select that as your theme breast cancer awareness month but it's also interesting too because like that's the kind of advertising you can do so like why why does the league because i always think that the nfl is up to no good like you know they're in london or whatever and they're kind of like sinister godel is this shadowy (laughs) figure but uh, why does the NFL market to breast cancer when their audience is more like? Why don't they have Prostate Awareness Month and they have like brown <laughs> brown, brown <laughs> uniforms? I think that would be genius. <laughs> hey, you're talking about advertisements on your butt. There you go. Brown shorts. Yeah, that's right. But but like, why don't they do that? Well, I think part of it is because this is focused towards a demographic, like. You, right. you don't, it's very masculine, and in that kind of masculine tradition, it's like men are taking care of women, so you're like, yeah. Yeah, you don't, and you don't want to have your fan base <clears throat> thinking about, like, what they need to have done if they had prostate cancer, right? Like, right. You, you don't want to, men you, don't want like, maybe, maybe you want to have Viagra. Well, I, you know, but, I think what you do is you grow a mustache and it fixes it. I think mm, that's what. That's, <laughs> that's right. But, but yeah, you don't, you if I think about those in the sort of like gender politics, then I would think that you don't want to advertise to prostate cancer because you don't want men to feel vulnerable, and you do advertise towards breast cancer because you know you're protecting women. Well, and, and it kills two birds with one stone though, because we all know as of you know um, recent recent times and not so recent times, the, the NFL and other leagues have a, have a have a. A, a, a problem of optics when it comes to gender. Right. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. That's and point. so I think that uh, you can read my piece on that actually on the base, right, more base football. Uh, base footballer. Um, but you know, it's a sort of no no cost way for the NFL in a sense to. It's a sop, right? Like they yeah. they can look like they're um, doing a good job in relation to women and acknowledging women. Yeah. Well, in fact, you know, it's business as usual in a sense. Well, and if we do think about target, like, do you think the NFL breast cancer, and I've kind of said they're not, so don't, don't, 
betray me. Don't disagree with that. (laughs) Do you think those are really targeted towards women? Because the second thing that shows up is a success story about it's like, oh, I saw that. I saw those pink jerseys and I was like, better get myself checked out for breast cancer. And sure enough, saved. Dodge that cancer. Saved by Roger Goodell. Yeah, that's right. Well, I I assume the only people buying, say, pink merchandise are women. Right, right, Um, right. Uh, or men buying them for, for girlfriends, right. right? Pink, especially, is the color, right? You keep well, it. I mean, I would be, I suppose, interested to, to, and I don't know this, but we, you know, it, are there any? And I assume not, though. It, are there any um, statistics that suggest that this campaign, whether you're talking NFL or other sports, has any effect whatsoever on uh, checkup? Rates, uh, mortality. Well, I, I, you know. From the one advertisement I saw, it's tremendous. It's, tre- <laughs> it's what they want you to think. <laughs> That's um, what I doubt it. I'd have my doubts. I mean, but I'm pretty. I'm pretty skeptical of a lot of these. Yeah, it's hard not to be. But I mean, it's a form of advertising on NFL jerseys. And you know, the other thing right. they do is they'll have like you know camouflage stuff. Yes, um, we just so, had uh, the last 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 yeah, weekend. I think for, was, was uh, Veterans Day. Um, I don't think they do that in hockey. Uh, well, they don't do the uniforms, but oh, they did have... Uh, the poppies. The, the, yeah, well, they do that in England with the soccer. Yeah, and when the NFL teams went to London, they, poppies, they had poppies. Which is not an American tradition. Right, yeah. Um, I th- well, the Edmonton Oilers the other night had a military appreciation. I, I don't think their, their, their uniform was changed. I know the Toronto Raptors wear Canadian Forces camouflage. Uh, okay, so last, they have a... Last weekend. Yeah. Um... The question that interests me, sort of segueing from that a little bit, is, is, and, and this is, you know, obviously corporatization or commodification has something to do here, but I'm, I'm also just interested in this in a design sense, is that, you know, the uniform as a kind of um, blank slate or a sort of, mm-hmm. um, like, palette, or, or what's the word, an easel, a, 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 a canvas um, on which you can... Paint various things. So obviously, you know, teams have their identity and their colors and whatever. But so the the pink, uh, you know, highlights or in some some leagues you have not so much. I don't think football here, but um, I know in rugby league in Australia they'll have actual rounds where one team plays in pink for for similar reasons. I don't know if it's really might not be breast cancer awareness. I know they have a women in league week where they acknowledge the role of women in in the sport. Really? And teams will play in a in a pink strip, yeah, in a pink uniform. Um, I, I am just legitimately fascinated in the uses that uniforms are put to beyond simply selling things. I mean, it's all selling things, but but um, right. you know, throwbacks, um, uh, alternates, um, third jerseys. Um, well, I mean, you know, jerseys. There, it's artwork, right? It I is mean, art, as it we is use artwork. all those things, so it's artistic, and I mean, there's a lot at stake with that art, mm-hmm. as opposed to other things. And but I think they also like cultural. They reflect a certain time, and they reflect a place. Like I mean, you can tell if a jersey was designed in the early 2000s in football by those ridiculous. Yes. Like, you know, there's a lot of teal. Those teal hockey jerseys, like yeah. the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, they, I think the Sharks. Do they still use that? Yeah. Wow, good for that. The other thing you can tell, back to our earlier point at the beginning, is that black, uh, it seems to be going away a little bit now, but black, too bad. black was sort of, um, you know, black hi- black sort of highlights, whatever, is, was very popular for a while. Right. Um, my, my sense of a general trajectory in this issue is that um, there's been a return to tradition um, in recent years, in that 
you know, when I sort of came of age as a sports watcher, which would have been the 90s, the 90s is sort of, I think, the decade that sports fashion forgot. And <laughs> um, that there's a real push towards um, sort of quote-unquote innovation, um, co- you know, colour schemes, you know, innovative colour schemes. I think what we have now is, is, is much more of an investment in, um, tra- quote-unquote, quote again, traditional uh, uniforms. Hence the, 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 the real sort of fascination with throwback unis mm-hmm. and, and heritage unis and things like that. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. I mean, I love... that, And I mean, I really love throwback uniforms and what mm. they represent. I mean, especially in baseball. I love them in baseball, mm-hmm. especially because you know, baseball is ancient and, and they're pretty cool. But they're also so weird. Like, those Pittsburgh Steeler prisoner bumblebee, slash bumblebee yeah. uniforms. You, you don't never, like those. You, well, I What's, like them. They're kind of ugly, but... I like them in a sense like you'd never see a jersey like that now, ever. One thing I really like, just as an aside about the Pittsburgh jerseys, is that I think, and this would be lost on a lot of watchers, people watching, is is that I think that speaks to a really interesting transdisciplinary, for for want of a better term, history of like you know the link between rugby and football because right. the the horizontal stripes is a really traditional rugby pattern. Oh yeah, is it? Yeah. Um, still, and, and always was, and, and I would imagine that, you know, obviously these two games have similar roots. So it yeah, almost yeah. says to me, like, I, I, I like that idea of a sort of, um, not just a, a, a team throwback, but almost a kind of, you know, throwback to the origins of the sport, in a sense. That's really interesting, and I, I have, I, like, that was lost on me, obviously I didn't know that, but yeah, I mean, the, those are throwbacks back to football before the forward pass. I mean, now yeah. I think... Uh, because football yeah. so pass heavy, we don't even really think of it. But yeah, when you think of like expansion teams coming into leagues now, and I can't off the top of my head, I'm not really thinking of them. Or like new uniforms. What would you say is kind of like the style now? What what are designers trying yeah. to do? Like when I think of like designing uniforms now, the first thing that comes to my mind is like Nike and, and the University of Oregon and how they always changing it up, always trying to be innovative, but also trying to like. Blur the line between uh, yeah. a form and and uh, you know yeah. function, as in the sense like, oh, this is a jersey and it's got all these cool you know patterns and designs and colors and everything mm. like that. But also, you know, we've cut it in this way so that wind resistance yeah. is lower, and that means this guy's going to run faster or yeah. whatever. I think uh, <clears throat> there's such a fine line between those those you know, is a detail actually functional? Is it simply an excuse to produce a new jersey? And I think right. those two things are sort of indistinguishable. But, uh, you know, the, the All Blacks have a new jersey this year. Um, the, the blackest jersey ever, it was called, because it has no... <laughs> there's no. Traditionally, the All Blacks would usually have a white collar, white, white stripes on the socks, and, right. and a white sort of logo, fern logo. Yeah. The new one has... Everything's black with uh, silver. Uh, so all of those things are silver. Uh, and that jersey is supposedly also, as well as being the blackest jersey, is the most kind of um, technologically advanced jersey ever in that it has um, uh, different cuts for different players according to their position, different little little sort of uh, parts of the jersey that are more amenable to being grabbed for certain positions. Um, and so it does seem to be quite well designed, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I suppose it's a science as well as an art in that sense. Um, 
it's also designed to make a lot of money. I was looking right. at buying one, and the the the, the, ga- the game ready one you can buy for two hundred dollars. You can buy a sort of less less well designed one for one hundred and fifty. You can buy a t shirt for fifty, and you know, all sorts of levels. Um, so it's clearly a sort of you know. When you think about buying one now, mm. why why do you want to buy one? Mm. What does well, it I'm mean? probably not going to, but um, you know, I, 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 well, I think. Well, know, well, let's say you just signed a 325 million deal with <laughs> with the Florida Marlins. I would you, buy a bunch of them, I guess. Well, okay, so what's your desire? Like, what what would it mean to you to wear one? Is it just kind of connection to your? The, well, like, yeah, and and I, that's probably probably exacerbated by like not living there in the sense that you know it might be a nice thing to sort of have uh, to remind myself of that. Right. I mean, I, but my problem with buying stuff like that is that I never wear it. I mean, I, right? I, when when can you? Right. I do own. I own. What do I have? The catalogue of my sports gear is, I think, two Liverpool jerseys, um, a Ravens jersey, Baltimore Ravens jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I have a West Indies cricket jersey, and a New Zealand cricket jersey, and a. I got given a jersey, a county jersey from England. I can't remember what team, and I don't wear. They sit at the back of the closet. I don't wear them. What's What's next on the agenda? Oh God, I don't know. I, I, I mean, my list of well, I'm I'm also interested in the idea of like, well, we're thinking about sports and marketing now. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. We think about how like, so if the NHL is in financial problems, which I'm sure they are, they always right. are. Um, to market for them is like, well, we need more revenue, whatever. Uh, that a lot of jerseys. Originally, teams had them commissioned by places anyway. Right, like Green Bay Packers that we talked about, right? Their jerseys originally um, came from a packing factory. Yeah. Famously now, the Acme pack, Packing fi- Factory. So when you watched, I think even last Sunday, they had the throwbacks on. Mm-hmm. It says Acme on the logo. It does, yeah. And that's a throwback to their sort of like, interestingly now, like working class background, but yeah. it's not really. So, I mean, sports teams in a way... Always advertising for somebody. Always, you know. I, I, I think that's true. Um, I. Well, maybe then one of the differences, like, what's the difference if, if your jersey only has a Nike logo on it because Nike made the jersey? What's the difference between that and it having like fifty logos on it? Is that cheapen it somehow? I mean, is it better to have? I mean, and I, in my mind, I'm like, well, then the jersey's cluttered. You don't see the team's logo. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a level here, and it's not the only thing to think about, obviously, but there is a level of um, uh, aesthetically pleasing design. And I do think that... Um, I'm thinking, for instance, of uh, uh, Australian Rugby League, sure. which hit for the longest time uh, has been professional and has had sponsors on their jerseys, because, you know, it's a relatively small player base and small economy and they need money to, to pay their players and so for a long time they've had like multiple not just jersey sponsors but but uh, sponsors on their shorts and on the usual, I think they've standardized it now so that teams have a, a main jersey sponsor a back jersey sponsor a short a, sh- a short sponsor and a, a sleeve sponsor yeah so there's maybe four or five different sponsors different corporations companies um, and they you know that that league has some of the ugliest jerseys <laughs> you could possibly think of and see in sports. So there is, I, I, you know, beyond the idea of, like, is it 
corporatized and whatever. Right. I, there doesn't is an aesthetic. Aesthetic. Does, it, does it look nice? Yeah. Um, and I think it doesn't. We're, we're, but then you think of, say, the Premier League soccer, some of those jerseys just, you know, with the sponsor's logos, look nice. They like, yeah. do a good job of incorporating Would they them. look better without? I don't know. I mean, I, th- I I almost feel... I mean, you mentioned earlier the idea of uh, hockey arenas, you know, not, boards, not uh, having boards. Yeah. And to me, when I see old footage of those games, I feel like something's missing. Right. I feel like, where are the, where are the advertisements? To me, it reminds me of, of being a kid and playing hockey because right. we didn't have any advertisements either. But, yeah, I mean... I don't know if there was even outrage then. People probably didn't care. But there was... I think when teams started having their stadiums corporate named, I think Mm. people kind of were upset about that. And I can see that, right? Like, I mean, you kind of like the idea that there's a Fenway Park, that there's like a Yankee Stadium. Does this depend a little bit, though, on which field you're talking about? Because I think that, yeah, if like all of a sudden you're talking about, um, I don't know, Acme Cheese Company Lambeau Field... Like, you're losing a bit of history there. Yeah. I don't really get the sense that people in San Diego particularly cared that, you know, they named it Qualcomm Field. Or, you know. Well, but I mean, I think, you know, stadiums... One thing is we can't project in the future to say, like, oh, what... So so Lambeau Field... And Lambeau Field has been kind of rebuilt. Like, really, re, it's based off Curly Lambeau, who's the first owner. And he borrowed money from right. the packing company in order to make to pay for their jerseys. So, I mean... What would it mean, though, if they were like, okay, we've got to build a new stadium, and it's going to be called Budweiser Presents Lambeau, Lambeau Field, Field, brought to you by, you know, AT&T? I think people in the end would be fine with it if it yeah. meant that the team, you know, wasn't moved to L.A. or, you know, whatever. Right, right. If they, if they were like, well, this is like the you only can have way football, we can do it. You can have football with sponsorship, or we'll take it away from Right, you. and that's, I think, what the NHL faces. Well, right. kind of, right? I mean... The NHL, I don't know what they are financially, but they can't be amazing. I mean, you know, there's a larger issue with the NHL in terms of, like, maybe you shouldn't have teams in Arizona. Because from what I've heard, you know, Winnipeg's doing great. Yeah, well, I mean, Um, they prop up all those American teams. trying. Well, I think the, the thing, though, for them is if you can carve out a market like you did in L.A., then it's profitable for everyone. Yeah. But, you know, how are you going to make hockey really, like... Really popular in warm weather places. I don't yeah, know. you're not ultimately right. The thing I, I always remember, um, and they've stopped doing this, but for a while there, I don't know if they did it in, in, in sports over here. That they, they would have this is more field advertising, like so on the ground itself, but it would not be in reality. Mm-hmm. So they, it would be on the television. Where oh right, have so like, only. And so it would be funny because you'd cut to a, be like a, a wide shot and you'd see nothing, and then you'd go to, into a like zoom shot and, and there'd be the like logo. You know, the logo of whatever. Which um, always felt a bit jarring, and they, they ended up getting rid of it. They did that with the uh, in preseason. There was some like local broadcast of an NFL game where in the red zone, so that's like uh, within what twenty yards. You'd see like there was like it was like you know whatever company all right. over the field for the whole time, and people got pissed at that, and so. Uh, the only reason nationally they knew about that was because the NFL Network re-aired those games. And I think that's an int- that you, we are getting here at an interesting question of wh- whether, in fact, the, well, you, we, could you, in, in effect, get you know, could the NHL be be uh, gambling a little bit in the sense that okay, yeah, you get a bit of money back from Save On or whatever sponsors a jersey. Do you lose a certain kind of cachet um, by? You know, are you going to piss people off? Are people going to buy fewer jerseys? Yeah. Uh, is you know, if if and also if if 
the key thing it seems to me in this in this country this this continent is is TV deals. Mm-hmm. Not so much how much you sell, maybe in terms of merchandise. What are you losing, right? Um, in in terms of doing this. Well, I mean, I think, I, I think at first, as you pointed out, I think it would affect jersey sales because I think right. people will be turned off by wanting to go out and buy a Leafs jersey and seeing like Royal Bank of Canada plastered on the front of it. Mm-hmm. But I think over time, um, well, I mean, as we were talking a little bit about uh, soccer. For me, I was thinking about how, like, okay, well, maybe if it shifts sponsorships, like, every five years or so, then you mm. might be like, oh, the real best jersey to have is that Toronto Maple Leafs with, you know, uh, Canadian Tire on the front, because those are their best years. So, you know, that's a throwback jersey in itself. Well, I, and it's interesting you say that, because I do feel like um, they're, you know, we've sort of been working under the assumption that sponsorship ruins the aura of... Um, a sort of tradition, right? But you can go on eBay or Amazon or whatever and buy 1980s era Liverpool jerseys with the old sponsors on them, mm-hmm. and they're they're a sort of coveted item. I mean, I've considered buying. You know, I like Liverpool. I think their nicest jersey is from about the mid 90s, and so it's not so much a sponsorship thing, but nonetheless, you you know, I could go and buy that with the Carlsberg logo on it and that to me is that that's sort of more traditional quote unquote than the one they have now right um <clears throat> despite the fact that you have this kind of uh corporate logo on it. it it helps in that regard that a lot of um you know you go back to the early days of, of jersey sponsorship and in, in what would have been called the first division at the time premier league now it's really interesting. You can almost see a kind of corporate history inscribed on the, on those jerseys because you go back and you see um, inf- there's an interesting shift in terms of what what companies get get uh, get to have those spaces. Um, you maybe see, say, in the '70s or '80s, more local companies like a paint company uh, sponsored uh, Liverpool for a while, uh, Candy or uh, Crown Paints. Right. Um, now it's a global transnational finance finance company uh, standard chartered um, you don't tend to get those maybe those those slightly more local corporate entities that, that you used to it's it's also interesting I mean and this is kind of a different topic and maybe it should be our last topic because we're running a little long but um, it's also interesting to me to think about what like and we were talking a little bit about this with AIG and like how mm-hmm. oh, this is a big bag responsible for the crash so maybe you don't want them in the logo but there is a degree to which we think things are appropriate for what they should go on. And I think right. it would be interesting also, historically, if we have to track well, who was allowed to advertise and who wasn't and how that says something about, you know, the period of sports. Because, right. and I was just thinking about this off the top of my head, but, like, one of the most coveted and expensive baseball cards mm. uh, is that Honus Wagner baseball card from way back when. And the reason it's super expensive is because you used to, like, this is, like, what, the 20s or the 30s or something like that. I should really look it up is um, you used to get these cards out of tobacco tins. Ah. So he didn't want to be associated with that because he didn't think kids should be smoking tobacco because kids would buy these tobacco so they could get the cards. Oh, the good old kids. days. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, anybody off the block could go and buy. Yeah, nowadays we just, you know, look the other way. But, uh, yeah, so he didn't want to be associated so with that. No so they pulled this card, 
Well, there were only so many. There were a few. Well, they made a few of them. Right. So they're rare. So they're very, very right. rare. So, so I think like Wayne Gretzky owns one now. We're back to Gretzky. Wow. But like, and it also tells, you know, it's back to, you were talking about that, was it an American college team that had the Pornhub logo? Oh, no, it's like a British oh, uh, university soccer team right. sponsored by Pornhub. And I think they got, they had it to take it off. Um, I wonder if there are other examples of like ill-conceived uh, sponsorship. Yeah, I don't know that decision. I mean, that might be interesting. To toss it in the in the thing, but I think it'd be interesting to think about, you know, at what point? Because even think about baseball right now. What's something that baseball players do? Well, they all chew tobacco as they play, but I you can't was chewing gum. No, some are chewing gum. Some are some are well, chewing pistachios. tobacco. Uh, well, even I was watching the the Vikings game <laughs> on the weekend, and like Mike Zimmer is putting a wad of tobacco in his mouth before the game starts. Right? I mean, obviously not learning from Jim Kelly, but. Um, you know, that they can't... So it's part of the game, right? And part of the reason that those guys chew yeah. is because that's part of the game, but it's a part that's forbidden to be advertised. Right. right? I, I mean, I do think that maybe there's a, lurking in the back of what we're talking about is, is um, a, a forgetfulness, a, for, a forgetting that, um, the, the, you know, the... The spaces, you know, the jersey space or the team name that we're so that some of us are so invested in not sullying with with money, they never were, you know, outside of this this relationship. They never were non. I mean, they're maybe not transnational corporate, but they were always, you know, even the Packers, who now are this kind of almost, you know, at least on the surface, a sort of community owned, you know, dare I say it, socialist, um, you know, team. Yeah, we're, we're you know we're the original sort of, but not real so it's it's a pretty it's, fake. It's American socialist, Obama yeah, okay. socialist, Obamacare. Oh, Obamacare. Um, but that's they, a lot. You know, sports has never been pure, I suppose. Mm. And maybe that's the problem with with worrying Ouch. about. Ouch. Yeah, I'm dropping some. <laughs> I know that's a truth bomb right there. Like maybe we just need to sort of um, acknowledge that and and yeah and realize that there's always been. You know, the Olympics are a great example of that. There's, yeah. there's always been payment of some kind or, or you know, money involved. Yeah, and I think I think that's really true, right? I mean, no matter how capitalist we think that sports are right now, any professional league has always, by definition, been capitalist, right? And sure. I mean, now, it get, well, the Olympics is terrible because it go, trickles down to amateurs, but... Um, yeah, even even there is there really like a pure time of sports? I think that's kind of wishful thinking. It and, is, and yeah, we advertise more now than ever, and I get that, and that makes sense. But you know, at the end of the game, I really still think though, I think the worst thing would be like if in hockey they were like, well, before you score a goal, you have to like pause and say something about <laughs> State Farm, and then you score a goal, like. If at some point, yeah. and this is why I, you know, and I don't want to keep going on, but like the one thing about football that I think they, the football I think did change the rules of their own game mm. to make it more viewer friendly, to make it more offensive. And hockey probably the same, right? The trap yep. kind of ruined them for a while, so, and maybe still does, so they, they had to change it for the betterment of the game. Now, I don't know if, is that a capitalist move or is that a, you know. Well, it, it, you wanted to sell more products, so right. I guess on that level it is, but. You know, what isn't these days? Because you think about purity, and I know that's a myth too, but, you know, back to baseball. It makes me think, and we might close on this anecdote, I guess. Um, well, not an anecdote. There's a scene in E.L. Doctorow's novel, Ragtime. I don't know if you've read that. I have not. It's no. a good novel. It's a historical novel set in the 
early 20th century in America. And, and there's, a, um, there's a scene where the father, I, I think they're unnamed a lot of the characters, so he might just be called the father, takes his young son to a baseball game because he kind of wants to introduce him to a sort of authentic Americana, right? Like he, he wants to yeah. induct his son into the ways of, you know, probably muscular Christianity and American <laughs> identity and whatever. But it's a really comic scene because they, they go to this game and the father is sort of framing it as this, this, this romantic exercise in romanticism. Right. And, you know, you're going to learn, you know, it's this American, American, national pastime, that kind of thing. And they go, and, they, and it turns out to be this disaster because all of the players are um, the, the, the main characters in the in the in the novel are re, re, resolutely waspish, right? They're you know Anglo, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, and they go to this game, and it's all being played by immigrants, Italians and Irish and African Americans, and the crowd is all uh, sort of heteroglot and multicultural and. Uh, worst is that everyone is sort of swearing and it's this really kind of chaotic, almost kind of Bactinian, um, uh, carnivalesque uh, scene. And the, the father is deeply disappointed and the son, the son loves it, I think, but the father is, you know, this being ruined. And, and so there is the sense that this is set in the, maybe the 20s or the early 20th century, that even then, uh, as Doctorow seems to perceptively be saying, you know, there was no innocence, right? Yeah. That, that that America's, you know, America's always talking about their innocence being lost, Vietnam and so on. It was always already lost. Yeah. And, and maybe sports and, and money are, are a sign of that, in a sense. Ah, that is good. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Anyway, let's... Uh, let's... I'm right, yes. <laughs> you did. You I, did. I won. I That's won a that good podcast. way to end it. Anyway, thank you all very much uh, for listening to the very first uh, episode of our podcast. And um, I hope you come back for the next one. Uh, yeah. Take it easy.